The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are of those of myself and do not necessarily reflect or represent the views and opinions held by this podcasting platform. The following content is controversial and might be disturbing for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It's been a vibe. Fell in love with your first impression and I can't lie. Cats with flying colors, every test fuck they implies. Locked in for the long run, no bunnies ever lie. If you wanna run, just tell me no bunny and glide. Fell in love with your first impression and I can't lie. Cats with flying colors, every test fuck they implies. Perfect, uh. Say that it ain't worth it, but it's working for us. But what they be talking about, not knowing what I'm buying about. Sunset, set the mood, what you ain't trying to find out. It's whatever space between the two, but long as we together. Make it through the struggle, see the day when we both shine forever. Since when we begin, it feel like you really made a It's been a fight. Fell in love with your first impression, and I can't lie. Pass with flying colors, every test, fuck they implies. Locked in for the long Before we jump into the bonus episode, it is time for the cocktail of the day. Today's cocktail is called the Vodka Kool-Aid Lemonade. And guys, it is delicious. I made it yesterday for myself and my best friend and my niece, and it was amazing. So the ingredients for today are one bottle of Tito's Vodka, one pack of strawberry lemonade Kool-Aid, one sugar cube or six to seven pinches of sugar, three ounces of Simply Lemonade, and 1.5 ounces of Sprite and lemons for our garnish. So what we're going to do is we're going to actually pour the Kool-Aid and the sugar into our Tito's vodka bottle. We're going to close it back up and shake it really, really well to make sure that the Kool-Aid and the sugar has mixed in with the vodka perfectly. We're going to take our glass, we're going to fill it with ice, and we're going to pour three ounces of the vodka into our glass. We're going to add the Simply Lemonade, and we're going to add the Sprite, and we're going to top it off with our lemons for garnish. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the cocktail of the day, the Vodka Kool-Aid Lemonade. And to see me prepare this drink, you can look on my TikTok or you can go to the Wetlock Chronicles podcast Instagram. I said that I was going to start doing these drinks on video so you guys can actually see the process. So guys, enjoy. It's an amazing drink, good for the summertime, and I hope you like it. Enjoy. Hey 
Hey guys, good morning and welcome to a bonus episode. Now, if you hear noise in the background, I have my windows open. I'm burning my um, chakra candles and my incense. I just got done meditating and I wanted to jump on here so that I can communicate some things with you guys. Um, my re- my recent episode, the Finn episode that dropped a couple of days ago, um, if you've heard it, I was extremely, extremely on an emotional roller coaster. And um, I made a post saying that this was going to be my last season doing Wetlock Chronicles podcast. And my reasoning behind that was because... Um, Things had gotten very complicated. Things got very complicated. Um, I was accused of cheating and different things like that. The back and forth arguments that him and I have been having um, due to insecurities and things like that um, really sent me over and pushed me over the edge. And I pretty much was done with the entire relationship. Um, I don't like to be called a liar. I don't like to be accused of things that I'm not doing or haven't done. And these are reoccurring issues that keep coming up. And it's like poking a bear, poking a bear. And then the blow up happens. Um, I recently took down that episode, um, because although it was, the most vulnerable episode that I did. It was very, very raw and uncut. Um, I felt like the next day after receiving so many emails and messages and particularly one from my niece, um, I felt like I had to take it down or I had to edit it because all the love and support and feedback that I got after that post um, was amazing. And you guys really elevated me to a point where it really made my purpose and my journey feel very different. My niece said to me, you know, auntie, this is bigger than you and him. You don't know how many people that you touch, how many people are affected, how many people need this. Um, My best friend kept telling me, Rashida, all of this is a part of your story, whether you and him in and you keep going. um, People out there still want to hear even how you moving on, even if hypothetically you find somebody else and, you know, come with another happily ever after. Like this is your journey. And all of these people now are on this journey with you. Um. I've gotten emails and DMs from people saying how much they appreciate the podcast, how much the podcast is even helping them with their relationship, um, how much the podcast is helping them get a better understanding of the men in their lives that are incarcerated. So you guys really, really, really made me get out of my emotions um, and get into the logical side of my head. But I feel like I do owe my listeners and my subscribers a full-on explanation of where I was emotionally and mentally when I made the decision that I made and when I dropped that episode. 
I felt like if my story was coming to an end, what else did I have to talk about? I based my podcast around this amazing love story that I wanted to tell about the beautiful side of a relationship, although it's with someone who is incarcerated. So in my mind, if I didn't have this story to tell, I didn't have a story to tell. If I couldn't get on here once a week and talk about him and I and the different things that we go through with, you know, with having a relationship with someone who's incarcerated, what did I have to give to my listeners and my subscribers? So I felt like if my story ends, I have no story. I didn't see the bigger picture. I didn't see all of the things that come along with this platform. Um, All I saw was the complications within my story. And um, it was very, very emotional for me because I was at my wit's end. I was extremely tired and exhausted from arguing with this man um, over nothing, over absolutely nothing. I think I said in a couple of episodes before that everything we argue about has nothing to do with me. We don't argue about what I bring to the table or my baggage. It's always either something to do with his past, something to do with his stance on certain things, um, and the insecurity. Now, the ironic part about this is that he feels as if he has no insecurities whatsoever. Um, And I think as a man, I really don't think that men like to admit that they are insecure, but he has every sign of being insecure and he does not like to hear that, but the proof is in the pudding. Um, When you are a very strong, independent, faithful woman, the last thing you want to keep being is accused of cheating. And I mean, the cheating is so random and has no validity to it whatsoever. Um, I could be talking to the mailman. I could be talking to somebody in the store. You know, I could just be minding my own business. A guy could pull up to me. Anybody that says anything to me. It's either, oh, he likes you, oh, he's flirting with you, or if I communicate back, oh, you're flirting with him, oh, you're not paying attention to me. Um, I mean, and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. But ladies, let me tell you something. Um, A couple of years ago, I was telling my mom that... I have been dealing with a guy on and off for 20 years, um, for 20 years. And I end up meeting somebody else, talking to somebody else. And again, I've always been a truthful and upfront person. And when it came down to me being confronted about it, I was truthful with the fact that I started dealing with someone else. I wasn't in a relationship with either one of them at the time. It was just my situation with this one particular person had been ongoing for so long that um, it damn near was a relationship. I mean, for for what it's worth, it was a relationship, but it wasn't a relationship at times. 
And I met somebody new. I met somebody new who came into my life. Um, it was like a breath of fresh air. There was no drama. There was no messy nothing. Um, this person came into my life and actually invested in me. Um, helped me start my very first business. Helped me grow the business. Um, and we became really, really good friends. But when things kind of got a little sticky, um, I ended up telling want the other about the other and I can remember my mom saying you have to be careful when you tell guys certain things because it will backfire on you sometimes the truth really does come back and bite you in the ass and I just really couldn't understand that but because I felt like I was being honest I didn't really think that it was going to be held against me or held over my head so I told myself, okay, I'll never make that mistake again um, with the 100% total honesty when I'm telling someone else, like, yeah, I, you know, I talked to somebody else. I don't, you know, I'm dealing with somebody else. I don't moved on or something like that because it really did come back and haunt me. The ending of that relationship, the 20-year relationship was so ugly and so bad, but it had everything to do with a lot of me being open and honest about me moving on. Um, and to this day, maybe that person probably would not admit it, but it that's exactly what it was. So anyway, Visitation Monday, I went to go see Mike and this had been after not seeing him for about two visits. I think I hadn't gone for like two visits and um I was eager to see him. I was excited to see him because we hadn't seen each other. You know, we had a little, a, a couple of hiccups that it was starting to make the visits kind of, um, the energy was off. Um, on top of the fact I had service, I had my car service scheduled for one Monday. And then the following Monday after Father's Day, his kids came to see him. So, I go to visitation uh, on Monday and the visit is already going left because there is a actual, um, the, the guard that was on duty, he was horrible. And we, and I'm going to jump into that later on in the episode, but he was horrible. He was very, um, um, what do, what do I want to say that he was, I felt like I was being, dim, um, 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 discriminated against. From the time I walked in the door, this man just would not stop fucking with me. He made me move two, three different times. He actually pulled Mike out of visitation to the back to tell him that if I kept sitting the way I was sitting, he was going to terminate my visit. And when I tell you guys I wasn't sitting any type of way, I was sitting with my my ankles crossed. Um, You could put, you could have put a three-year-old in between me and Mike like we had like three, maybe two or three. We were two, maybe two feet apart from each other. We weren't touching each other or anything. But this man just kept fucking with me. So the the visit was already going left. And I'm a very vocal person. And I know that man knew me constantly saying, what the fuck is wrong with him? Um, I'm not an inmate. You know, you can't run me because I'm not, I'm not property of nobody's state. So I don't have a problem with leaving visitation. I just don't ever want anything to come against him, but I was completely over it. So to switch things up, to lighten the mood, um, 
I was telling him about my friend Demita, who does a lot of advocating. And he hadn't heard anything from me about her in a minute. And so I was just telling him different things. In the midst of me telling him these different things, I told him about a situation that happened last year. And if you guys go back to the catfish episode, this is what I was explaining to him. There was a guy that reached out to my friend, Demita. You know, she does a lot of advocating for incarcerated people, wrongfully convicted people, or people who are wrongfully sentenced. She does a, an amazing job and has helped a lot of people. Every year, she puts on different festivals to help incarcerated uh, families come and, you know, set up different tents and different things like that to advocate for them, to raise money for them. And this is an event was about to happen again last year. So someone reached out to her and was telling them that they was Reform Alliance and all these type of things. And if you're familiar with Reform Alliance, that's with Meat Mill, Jay-Z, and some other people. So in the midst of all of this, um, you know, she 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 pulled me into the situation um, of, first of all, to just kind of like get my opinion and fact check and what was my gut telling me about this entire situation because it 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 sound it started off as a too good to be true thing. So we got, you know, started communicating, you know, started working things out. And long story short, the person that was doing all of this, you know, setting up things or whatever came off as if they were one of the people that was very, very close to Meat Mill. Well, within 30 days, we eventually found out that this person was a complete liar and was posing as to be this person that was connected to Meat Mill all while he was incarcerated. So there was a guy that's currently incarcerated right now pretend, that was pretending to be um, a artist and a friend of Meat Mill and was a part of the Reform Alliance umbrella as as well as Monster and you know all these 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 um major um uh sponsors. So we come to find out that this guy's fake, he's fugazi, he's playing games, he's actually in prison and um he even had the inmates in the same prison where he was believing the same story i mean there was people in there that were ha that have organizations that advocate for their own situation and people in situations like them so he was putting on and and i mean literally guys had was calling from a cell phone in prison to the wall phone pretending to be this actual person that was connected to meat milk so I'm telling Mike this story, you know, because I'm trying to break the ice. I'm trying to create a different, you know, mood or whatever, because this guard has been a complete asshole. So as I'm telling him the story, you know, we laughing about it. We talking shit about it. You know, he's basically like, dang, babe, like you, you so much smarter than that. You weren't even supposed to let this dude even trick y'all like that. So in the midst of that, you know, he's asking me certain questions like, you know, well, who is the dude and who are the guys and all this. And all I knew was that they are at the same, um, same, uh, federal, federal, uh, prison, but not in the same prison. Um, you know, you have some prisons that have the meet, the camps, the mediums and the highs. So this particular guy and the other guys that were, were, were with him, were at a different place um and right 
right when Mike was getting transferred, me and Demita thought it was just ironic that he was actually going um, to the same facility, but not the same facility. Uh, Mike is actually in a camp, and I want to say they are like in a high or something like that. So I'm telling him this story, you know, and I'm, you know, we're laughing about it and we're kiki keying about it. And I'm thinking nothing of this story. I'm thinking nothing of this story. The only thing that I say to him, because he asked me, why didn't I tell him this story? And I'm like, well, you know, I just kind of felt like I didn't want you to start questioning me and asking me, you know, about the fact that I was communicating with inmates um, because, I just felt like it was going to turn into something else. I felt like he was going to pull apart every reason for us, for me communicating and trying to help my friend and turn it into me communicating with other guys who are incarcerated. And the reason why is because when I first started this podcast, I was actually doing interviews with, um, the women and the guy and, and the inmates that were in relationships. I was interviewing couples, you know, getting their stance on prison relationships. And I just can remember him saying, oh, I didn't know that you were interviewing inmates too. And when he said that to me, I knew then, okay, he's going to interpret. I'm talking to other guys that are incarcerated. He's not hearing that. I now have found a passion for this and, you know, I now am trying to communicate and get uh, other people's side of the story about their relationships and things like that. So I didn't want it to go left. And that's why I really didn't even bring it up. Not to mention that once we found out that this was a fake situation and, you know, it wasn't real, that Aquarius side of me just (laughs) put it out of my mind and moved on. So I tell him this story and, you know, that's it. I didn't realize that once I told him this story that he was going to fester on this story. So when the time came that we got on the phone and I missed his call and then we he called back the accusations of me being on the phone with somebody that's not why that's why I didn't answer the phone and me going back and forth with him like what are you talking about you know it, the call dropped it wasn't my fault da 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 and i just snapped because i was so tired we had just got into it maybe a week ago about me talking to one of my customers, you know, I have a bakery, I'm co-owner of a candy store, and I do deliveries and things like that. So I just got tired of being accused of just talking to anybody and all these type of things or whatever. So I end up snapping. And this is how we got to that point. Um, you know, he kept telling me, like, you know, you're doing this and you're doing that. And, oh, my God, it was just horrible, guys. It was complete horrible. And the mean, angry side of him came out. And this was the second time that this had happened. Um, When he gets mad, he gets extremely reckless with his mouth. I'm not used to that. Um, As I said before, by him being institutionalized and um, not having control over his life, he has been he he became very controlling of 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 others lives his relationships his past relationships that's how it was with him 
what he wanted to do, when he wanted to do, how he wanted to do it, and who he wanted to do it with. And nobody could question him. He basically was almost with the personality of a pimp. That's that's how I equate a weak-ass woman doing any and everything that a man wants them to do with no questions asked and a man feeling like that they are supposed to be that way. Um, I'm not with that shit. I am too independent and strong, too strong-minded for that. My daddy did not raise a fool. So that is how everything went left for us. Um... And I was extremely hurt. I was extremely, 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 extremely hurt. I told him I was tired. I couldn't do this no more. And that's where I was with it. When I jumped on the 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 mic to do that particular podcast, my world had turned upside down. Being called a liar and being called a cheater, and then having to constantly fuss and fight with this man about all his issues, and now the insecurities of accusing me, it just got too heavy for me. When you're dealing with somebody incarcerated, I don't care what kind of man they are, because they are away and they are not free, they cannot just pop up on you, or they cannot, you know, be around you, the paranoia of who you with, what you doing is something that is constantly on their mind. But he just took it to another level and it's all the time. Um, I started to realize I felt like I was having traits of a, a person that's being abused because if I miss his call, I would panic. Oh my God, oh my God, let me email him and tell him I was in the shower. Um, You know, I call myself trying to do damage control so that we wouldn't go there. And for me, I'm a realist. I'm really honest with myself. I felt like, wait a minute, Rashida, what are you doing? Like, you need to be with somebody who trusts you. You need to be with somebody who knows the kind of woman that you are. Like, just because you miss a phone call doesn't mean that you're doing something. But due to his past, due to the person that he's been, due to the relationships that he's, that he's had, it's almost like I'm too perfect. I'm too perfect. You can't find anything wrong with what I'm doing. Everybody in the world that knows you, that knows me, are always telling you this is a good woman. This is this. You know, she don't do this. She don't do that. And again, it has nothing to do with me being with him, it's who I am. And I just got to that point that night where I just could not take it. Um, I didn't talk to him for two days. It was a very, very hard two days. You know, I had to sit in the fact that, okay, my relationship is over. Um, and it was very hurtful, you know. So I jumped on here and I expressed my feelings about how I felt um, raw my raw true feelings and i want to make sure that i make it very very clear um when i say he's verbally abusive i'm not saying to say like he is like completely cussing me out and you know just i want to clear that up what i'm saying is anytime that you argue with me anytime you accuse me anytime you cussing at me and you telling me oh you got me fucked up and all this type of stuff to me that's verbal abuse i talk with love i talk with respect i talk with care until you disrespect me 
I have been saying this entire podcast that I'm big on respect. So when that line is crossed, I will completely forget who you are. And for him, he has he does not have that filter. Um, once he gets into that mode where he feels like A, he's not getting his way, or B, you're not going along with what he wants you to do, or just you're quote unquote trying him, everything goes out the window for him. So the conversations become toxic. They become toxic. And to me, that's verbal abuse. That is verbal abuse. So I got tired of that as well. Um, All of these issues, again, are his issues. They have nothing to do with me. But I, again, go back into saying I don't want to be a punching bag. Um, Having to sit in your choices in life that got you to where you are, being defeated, feeling defeated, feeling as if um, you can't do the things that you need to do for your family, for your kids, second-guessing you as a person, um, really now sitting back looking at even your choices and your relationships and things like that. Like These are all the things that men and women go through while they're incarcerated, but it's still their shit. I have nothing to do with that. And I continuously say my things that I deal with in the outside world, I don't bring them home. I don't take out my frustrations onto the person that I say that I love, the person that I say that I'm with. And I start noticing that that's exactly what he was doing. And I... I'm not going to ever make excuses for anybody for that because that's their shit. Um, this relationship, this this relationship, what I'm in that I'm that I've been in with this particular person, has not only just been difficult because of the lifestyle that he lived before me. Um, it's also been difficult because we're talking about a person that is completely institutionalized. We're talking about a person that spent 15 years in prison and now has been there for about five years that's 20 years mike is 44 the system raised him the system didn't teach him constructed conversations the the system didn't teach him emotions empathy sympathy um as soon as he got out it was i got my control back so all of his actions and the people that he had in his life it was as if he was treating them like they were in prison, like they were inmates. And in the beginning of our relationship, I didn't see any of these things. You know, I didn't pick up on any of these things until time went on and, you know, shit got real. Conversations started getting heavy. A lot of his situation starts coming up. His baggage was being unpacked. And I can deal with anything. I can deal with anything. If you know my life, I can deal with anything. I am a humanitarian by nature. I am a person that will fight for you. I'm a person that see the good in people when they don't see it in themselves. I can deal with anything. But what I can't deal with is being called a liar, being accused of doing things that I haven't done, and being disrespected. Um, And... That's where I was with that. That's completely where I was with that. And I felt like I didn't have a story anymore. 
I felt like I did not have a story anymore. Um, and I did not know how I was going to continuously keep coming on this platform and listening to my niece with this amazing song. And, you know, like, like the format started with me and him. So I didn't know how to move on. I was too confused. I was on an emotional roller coaster. Um, and you guys pulled me off and, and, and gave me life and made me understand my purpose. Um, yesterday I ended up talking to him and everything came out. Everything came out. All of this came from me trying to have a normal conversation with him and tell him about a previous situation that happened over a year ago with trying to help my friend put a festival together and advocate and how we thought we were dealing with people with Reform Alliance, um, Meek Mill, and some other people. From the moment I told this man that story, I believe the entire visitation after that, all he heard was wah, 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 wah. His complete focus now was on who are these dudes she been talking to up there on the hill, um, how long has she been talking to them? Like that was his focus. So that particular night when I talked to him and the phone hung up and he called back, his whole thought process now is I'm talking to these dudes. I'm talking to somebody else. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And as soon as it came up in our conversation, I immediately said, there it is. That's what this is all about. That's what this is all about. He had no merit or no real, you know, evidence or facts to say I was doing this. It was me telling him about communicating with some guys that were incarcerated with, that we didn't know was incarcerated. And it took a life of its own in his head. And again, it goes back to insecurity. All of this happened because I try to be truthful, I try to be honest, and it came back and bit me in my ass. Now, don't mistake it. I feel like I should be able to have open communication with who I'm with, but I'm learning you can't always do that. And I'm going to take a break. Okay, guys, I am back. So, um, okay, so moving forward, moving forward, we communicated. I found out what the real root of the issue was. And even then of trying to communicate with him, um, and, and sidebar, like, let me, let me just also say this, um, at the present time, his mom is in the hospital and, um, how we, how we actually started communicating was I did, um, send him a, 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 a email expressing, you know, my prayers to him for his mother, because the last thing I want to do is not show love and compassion when it comes to his mom. He is away. Um, this has got to be one of the hardest moments that he's having right now. So outside of all the bullshit and the arguing and things like that, like I started thinking about how would I feel if something was going on with my mom or the situation with my dad and a person that say they love me and that I love despite the arguing and the fussing and fighting is not even checking on my mom or checking on me at this very critical moment. So that's how we 
ended up communicating. Um, and as we started talking, that's when I figured out what was actually going on. But guys, even when we talked it out, I continuously kept replaying back in my head like, this isn't going to stop. This isn't going to stop. This is actually who he is. Um, And do I want to live like this? Do I want to be in a relationship or or in a marriage where if even if I go to the store, I'm going to be accused of someone talking to me, flirting with me. Um, I do not believe in questioning people. I've, I've just always been a person that felt like people have their individual rights of freedom. I've never wanted to be in, in a controlled relationship. I never wanted to be with an insecure man. It felt like he had to, where you at? What you doing? What you got on? Why you got that on? Uh, let me see your phone. Let me go through your phone. I've never experienced that. I don't want to go through your phone because I don't want you going through my phone. Me being a secure woman, like, I don't, I've never felt like I had to do that. I never felt like I needed to do that. And I've never felt like I needed to ask a person, what you doing, where you at? I mean, of course, in in your relationship, you're going to want to know certain things, but I've never been an insecure woman. So all of that to me is just ugly. And for a man who is incarcerated, the insecurity is on an all-time high. And I'm quite sure some of you guys are out there listening, saying to yourself like, damn, you know what? My man questioned me a lot too. You know, if I don't answer the phone or if I answer the phone a certain type of way, I mean, the insecurity of an inmate is on an all-time high. They got too much time on their hands to, to ponder um, they sit around and listen to other situations that other men go through, whether they caught their wife cheating, whether their wife is sleeping with their best friend now because they've been incarcerated. They hear all of these things. So the trust and the insecurity is on a on a level that I have never even seen in my life because I'm not accustomed to that. You add incarceration onto it, it's something totally different. You add incarceration onto it in a, a lump sum of 20 years, it's on a whole different level. And talking to him, even in the beginning of our relationship, I've always put my cards on the table. I've always been upfront with who I am as a woman, who I am as a woman within a relationship, what I will and won't do, what I will accept and what I won't accept. I believe in choices. I say that all the time. So with having this conversation, it still didn't change how I felt about where we were in a relationship. Um, I can't be your yes girl. I can't be the woman who tells you, you know, that never has an opinion. I can never be the woman that every time you ask me to do something, I'm like, yes, sir, no, so yes, master, no, master. Like, I love Jeannie. I'm never going to be that woman. I'm never going to be a woman to just do what you say when you want me to do it and how you want me to do it. That is not me. I'm, I continuously kept saying to him, I am too headstrong for you. My mind is too strong for you. My dad raised a different type of female than what you are used to. And I go back into saying, yes, I despise the type of women that he dealt with because they helped create a monster. They picked up where the where the prison, prison uh, left off. They picked up at that point. 
And it's ugly. It's ugly. And as much as I love him, as much as I see so much good and potential in him, um, it doesn't take away from that ugly trait. And I had to be real with myself and say, I don't see this person changing. I don't see these things changing. Like, what's going to happen the next time something happened? And he doesn't know how to communicate his feelings. He jumps on the defense. He jumps on the defense of your mouth gets reckless. You know, you start talking out the side of your neck and then you make me respond with that same negativity and tox toxic um, uh, uh, responses. And I don't want to live my life like that. I don't want to live my life like that. I don't want to feel like because I am in a relationship or I'm in a marriage with somebody like I am property. I am nobody's property. I was not put on this earth to obey no nobody. When I was raised, my parents... Me and my brother had open communication with my parents. Like, I promise you, my friends ran away to my house. <laughs> um... And as we start growing up, becoming teenagers and things like that, like we didn't have a place where we felt like we couldn't talk to our parents. Like our parents made us comfortable that whatever we was going through, we could communicate that. I promise you that. So as I'm growing up as a kid into a young adult, into a um, a teenager and into a young adult and then an adult adult, that's how I live my life. Like, if I can tell my parents and communicate with my parents, what the hell do I have to hide with somebody else? If I can't get in trouble from my parents, why the hell do I feel like I got to lie and sneak about around another grown-ass person? Um, and that's why my independency has been so important to me because I said, as I said before, my truth doesn't hurt me. I don't have to lie because it's going to affect my livelihood or it's going to affect my money or it's going to affect, you know, things like that. My truth cannot hurt me. If I decide that I want to move on, if I just want to fess up, yeah, you know, I fucked up. I cheated this, that, and the third. I, you're not, I can't get put out nowhere. You can't take my car from me. You can't stop anything that's going on. Like, my life is still going to be my life. So I had to really ask him, like, why do you feel like you so privileged that I have to lie to you? Because I don't. There's no benefit in it for me. And the way I was raised, like, I didn't have to lie as a kid. Um, I wasn't even a bad kid. You know, I didn't do crazy shit. I wasn't a bad kid. You know, I wasn't running around sleeping with all the boys. Like... And I want to say, I think that that has a lot to do with me being me and my brother being comfortable to communicate with my parents. I don't know if that's why I can't really explain it. But what I do know is, is that I don't have to lie to anybody. So, you know, as we were talking, I just still kept saying to him, like, I don't think we're going to make it. I don't think we're going to make it because I can't do this. I can't be in this. I got to be with somebody who trusts me. Um, you have to be a very secure man to be with me because I'm very headstrong. But at the same time, the passion that I have for incarcerated people, um, especially things that resemble stuff that my dad went through, the story that I'm telling about having a, a relationship with someone is, that's incarcerated, from time to time, it's going to mean that I'm going to talk to incarcerated men. Um, all my life I've hung with guys, you know, I have best friends that are guys. Um, I've always been able to be 
that sister, everybody's little sister or everybody's big sister. And I don't, I can't be with a man who can't understand that and can't, and, and, and chastise me and wants to torture me because behind that, I'm not a hoe. I can't explain no more to this man that I'm not a hoe just because a man, even if a man likes me, I have nothing to do with him liking me. I don't like him back. But if a man likes me, that is that man. I have nothing to do with how somebody's feelings are towards me. And I don't want to spend the rest of my life explaining that. Um, and no matter what I said, no matter how I try to explain how I feel like, you know, we can't come back from that. We can't, like, this is a major, 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 major issue for us. Damn the baby mama drama. Damn the ex-girlfriends drama. Damn all the people that he done messed with, slept with, whatever the hell. Damn all of that. I can't be with a person who's going to constantly feel like I'm doing something and going to constantly come up with insecure traits. That's going to drive me crazy. Um... For the life of me, for the life of me, I even explained to him, why would you even want to be with a woman that's going to do what you say when you say do it um, just because you feel like this is your woman? Why would you want a spineless, weak-ass female like that? And I had to explain to him. I said, you know, when you have women like that in your life, there's no benefit. You don't want a yes, a yes man. A person that no matter what you say is going to always agree with you. It's going to be scared to give you constructive criticism, criticism and it's going to be scared to show you something different. Um, you will never win that way. You will never be successful that way. Behind every man is a strong, good-ass woman because they can help navigate for their men or help their men. If you got a spineless ass female that doesn't know how to come to her man and say, baby, this is not a good decision. I know, baby, we don't need to do this or let's try to do this. You're going to fail at every turn, at every turn. Um, there's no success in that. There's no success in that. Why would you want that type of woman anyway? And to add to it, now that he's incarcerated, you know, you when men get incarcerated, anybody, not just men, men and women, you start focusing on and thinking about all the things that you did wrong, all the things that you should have done. You know how many men sitting in prison right now who probably made millions of dollars on the street and have nothing to show for it? That's because they didn't have a good woman in their life. That's because they didn't have that woman with that with that thought process of let's get this bag while he's away, let me make sure I build. This is why Keisha Kaor won with Gucci. You leave me a million dollars, you're going to come out a multi-millionaire. I'm not going to spend your money. You're not going to be broke while you're in there. You know, it, it, it's, you have to have a strong ass woman. So for the life of me, I'm really trying to understand why would you want the kind of woman that's just going to be spineless and weak and do everything that you want them to do. You can't win and prosper that way. You can't. Not to mention having daughters is another bonus to that. You don't want your daughters to date you. You don't want your daughters to date a man like you. And I'm saying that for all men because all men have some shit. And that's why when you, when they have those daughters, it drives them crazy because they see the type of men 
that they've been, man, that they've been to somebody else's daughter. And now this shit is about to come back and bite them in the ass. So why would you want to be something that you wouldn't want your daughters to have, your sisters to have, your nieces to have, your mother to have? These are the type of conversations that I end up having with him. Because I'm trying to explain to him that I'm never going to be that kind of woman that you have been used to, that you can run all over, that you can tell whatever, um, and that can I survive without you. Not me. And I am not going to sit here and I'm not going to... um, pretend like I still don't love this man, pretend like, you know, I still want my relationship to work, pretend like, you know, hey, we do got a lot of work to do. Um, The sad part about it is, is that if you have listened to my entire story, if you listen to every episode, if you haven't, go back. All of these issues that he has come from being incarcerated, come from not being not having the normal teenage and and young adulthood that we have as free people um i never like to make excuses for people but i hate to say it a lot of the things that he just doesn't know any better it's not intentional i say it all the time he's not intentionally doing anything but the tools were not given And still at 44 years old, he still doesn't have all the tools. Not to take anything away from him being a man, being a father, being a son, being a brother. It's not that. His heart is genuine. He is a really, really sweet and kind person. But he is institutionalized. Um, When he came out those 10 years of being free, he was buck-ass wild all over the place. Um... And just had no responsibility or accountability for real relationships. He slept with who he wanted to sleep with, however he wanted to sleep with them. Um, As I said before, he had never had a real relationship where he was with one woman. Um, There are a lot of psychological things within this situation with him. And I could walk this, this, this time down with him with no problem. And understanding that because my love for him is so unconditional. Um, I will never forget when I first told my best friend's baby daddy, who who is actually one of my best friends as well. When I first told him about me and Mike being together, he honestly told me, he said, Rashida, you got something on your hands. This is going to be a project. This is going to be a project. He operates mentally at both ends of the spectrum. Now, he's good. He's loyal. He'll always have your back. He'll take care of you for the rest of your life. You'll never want for nothing. He will be there for you. But when it comes down to the happily ever after and the relationship, that's where the work is going to come in at. Because he has no experience with it for real and real life. And when he told me that, I heard it, but I didn't feel it. And as time has gone on, I feel everything that he had told me. And he told me in a way of being very respectful towards him, but also saying, Rashida, you got some work to do. Like, this is a good man. Like, you can actually, you can actually have him come home and be the best man. You know, but it's going to take patience. It's going to take time. It's actually like I am, and I'm not, 
I don't want people to take it in like I'm bashing him or I'm saying anything crazy about him because I'm sure a lot of you women are probably like, damn, like that sounds like my situation or damn, that sounds like the guy that I'm with, especially if you're with someone who's doing like, who's done like 25 years or went to jail at 17 and has been there all the time and they're in their thirties and their forties. Like these are the things that you will go through. Um, but he did give me that. He did give me those jewels and explain that to me. And I heard him, but I didn't feel him. And now I'm starting to feel it. But um, I do honestly feel like, and I'm going to stand on that, that my personality and my mental is way too strong for him. But this man does not want to give up on what we have. Um, he continuously fights and fights and fights and fights and fights. And I promise as hard as I've been fighting alongside of him, um, it's almost like I'm starting to feel defeated. Like now I'm starting to say, but I don't think this is going to work because I don't want to keep coming back to this place. I'm a realist. I'm going to be more real with myself than the next man can ever sit next to me or a friend, a homegirl, a family member and tell me how what their opinion is on my relationship. I'm never going to sit here and say I don't love him. I'm not going to sit here and say I still want my future with him because outside of this right here and these things right here, his heart, his spirit, his soul and who he is means so much more to me. But I can't take the disrespect. I can't take the insecurities. And by him being incarcerated, it's heightened on a whole nother level. So where are we today? Where am I today? Today, I'm feeling a lot better. Today, I'm feeling a lot stronger. Um, Today, I am understanding that my purpose for this platform is bigger than him and I. Today, um. I'm taking it one step at a time, even within this relationship. Um, And that's all I can do. You know, that's all I can do. However the chips fall, you know, let them fall where they fall. But I do feel like um, I am dealing with a person who emotionally has not learned what a real relationship is and how relationships really, really work. Um, And it's very difficult. I'm not even going to sit here and lie to you and say it's not. It's very, very difficult, but I love who I love. And um, I'm going to take this one day at a time to try to figure out what's best for me and what, what I need to do. Um, I know I can't change a man, you know, at 44 years old, he is who he is. But at the same time, I understand why he is the way he is. Um, I've spent a lot of my relationship being very empathetic towards him. And at this point, I feel as if my cup I don't know if it's halfway full or if or if it's halfway empty. So that's why I say I'm taking it step by step, day by day, and trying to feel this thing through. Um, he is my friend first. He is my best friend first. Um, I don't want to turn my back on him. And I wish like hell I had a magic wand and I could just sprinkle some dust on his ass and all the crazy shit that he says and does just goes out the window. 
But when you have not been trained how to communicate properly, how to process your emotions properly, um, and things like that, you don't know. Like we all have broken hearts before, first loves before we was in uh, elementary school and middle school and high school. And we learned how to process those things. We learned how to deal with those things. And those are the things that he really doesn't know. So yeah, he's a project. My friend had it correct. He is a project, but he's not a bad person. He's not a bad person. Um, like I said, when I first dropped that episode, I was on a roller coaster of emotions and I, I did, I wasn't using my logic not to make excuses or, um, take away from what I was feeling at that moment when I recorded. As for my podcast, I saw no future. I couldn't see, um, as my friend told me, I was, I was in confusion. (coughs) Excuse me. I was in confusion. Um, and I wanted to come back and express how my journey isn't over. I'm still going to tell my story. You guys are still going to be on a journey with me. (coughs) Excuse me, guys. Um, and I'm taking it one day at a time. One day at a time. Sipping on my coffee. <laughs> yes, I'm taking it one day at a time. And um, I appreciate all you guys, seriously, for all the love and support and all the messages that you guys sent me and supporting um, just my mental and my emotional Um. This podcast means a lot to me. My story means a lot to me. And I have been very, very vulnerable this entire time, you know. So I want to express how serious that is to me. You know, it's people who listening, who looking for the drama and who looking for the messy. But it's people who listening, who really are in these same shoes and really have felt the way I felt during that time. It's people who have listened to me and shed the same tears when I've shed the same tears out of confusion, out of aggravation, out of irritation, out of just being hurt and disappointed, you know, and it's people who listen to me who really can't understand my story, whether they're still in it or not. They're going back into that place where they remember what this felt like when they was in this situation. And some are still in that relationship, but they remember the fight and the struggle. These prison relationships are hard. They are hard. They are not easy. Um, <clears throat> and I am so serious when I continuously say it takes a strong person to deal with these type of relationships. I mean, even just not even a one-on-one with the relationship, but the bullshit that comes with um like visitation, you know, having to deal with 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 guards and the government and you know the the control environment. Like it is so much that goes into these relationships even outside of relationship issues. Um but when you're in them with 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 your incarcerated loved one, I'm telling you, you take on a lot of their stuff, a lot of their baggage, especially emotionally and mentally. I promise you, from the time I told this man that story, 
the time I walked out of visitation, he sat on that and pondered and festered on that story. And had I would have known that it was going to turn into what it turned into and blow up in my face, I would have never said anything to him. And that's the riddle within all of this. I want to be able to be comfortable in telling my spouse, my mate, my best friend, any and everything. I want to be comfortable in doing that. I have told you guys on numerous occasions that he talked too much. When I try to confide stuff in him that I feel a certain type of way, he does. it doesn't stay within our relationship sometimes. You know, he is also very close to his niece. So a lot of things he'll beat me to it telling her are some things I feel like it's supposed to be between me and him and it doesn't stay in between me and him. And as a woman, it just is what it is. Um, <clears throat> and now I'm learning, like, I cannot really communicate with him and tell him certain stuff without him pulling it apart and finding pieces that have nothing to do with anything, but turning it into a whole nother situation. And that is a very, very difficult thing to process because damned if I do, damned if I don't. If I don't tell him and he find out, it's a problem. If I do tell him, it's a problem. The result is going to be the same. So what do you do? What do you do? You sit there and you realize can I really do this? Can I really be in a situation where I can't talk to who I'm with? So much work, so much work within these relationships. Um, so many things to consider. The growing pains are definitely painful. And again, I'm back at saying, I don't know what the future holds for us. But what I do know is for me, emotionally and mentally, I have to take it one day at a time. Um, I have to really figure this out. <laughs> and I've, I can see why a lot of people get to this point in their relationships when they are dealing with someone incarcerated and sometimes the relationships are over it becomes too much to shoulder too much to carry um and then the 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 attitude the the bitch in your mind is like hold up like why am i going through all this with somebody who's incarcerated and i'm out here free and i could be doing what i want to do so you have so many things that cross into your mind and you know it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot of people who probably have wanted to walk away so many times for that thought process alone dude you locked up i'm free i'm not gonna be stressed out about you know it's 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 a lot it's a lot for people who have thought that way i know every woman that's listening that has an incarcerated husband, boyfriend, fiance, or whatever, in the back of their mind when some shit jump off, that's the first thing, if not the second thought that comes to your mind. Oh, you got me fucked up. As he tells me, I don't have to do this. You locked up. I'm free. I could be doing this with this person, doing this with that person. Those are the things that cross your mind. So it takes a strong, strong person to really continue to be on this ride and be on this roller coaster of e emotional, you know, mental and emotional things. And um, this is why I chose this 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 platform. This is why I chose this this journey to share because just as much as y'all are on this with me, um, 
I'm taking it day by day. I'm taking it day by day, step by step, raw, uncut, in real time. <laughs> you guys are watching everything unfold in real time. So I just wanted to come on here um, and throw all of this out there because I know I had a lot of listeners that were concerned. And, you know, like I said, a lot of love and DMs and support that came my way. Um, and I just wanted to share where am I right now? And this is where I am. So thank you guys so much for um, listening and supporting this podcast, supporting me. Uh, this has been a crazy past couple of days. I am really working through it, but I really, 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 really do appreciate you guys. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and make sure you guys have an amazing day on purpose. So ladies, self-care is so important now more than ever. That's why when it comes to my skincare, I use Clean Rituals Complete Serum. The benefits are impressive. Clean Rituals keeps your skin smooth, reduce signs of aging, gives you that radiant look, most of all maintains healthy looking skin. I love this serum guys and trust me, you will too. Aging is a fact of life. Looking your age is not. Visit cleanrituals.com and start your healthy skincare now. That's K L E A N R I T U A L S.com. Now back to the show. Okay, so guys, um my question on a serious note is is insecurity a turn off for you? I want to hear how you feel about dealing with a insecure male or female. Like, is it a turn off? I actually can remember um, when I used to work in the club, I think I was like 22 or 23 years old. And I can remember a girl telling me like, if her man didn't curse her out or check her or even fight her, that she didn't feel like he loved her. Like, she actually felt like the toxic shit was what fueled her relationship. And it meant that the person that she was with really loved her. And I just can remember thinking, like, what the fuck is wrong with this girl? Like, who wants to get beat on or cussed out and have that as a form of endearment? Like, I've, I never could understand that. And like I said, I've never been around that. So I want you guys to take on that. Um, is a insecure spouse a turn off or a turn on? And what do you do about it? Second part of the question, what do you do about it when you realize you're in a relationship with someone insecure? Do you think that they can be changed? Do you think that they will always be that way? Um... What is your take on it? Let me know. As I said before, this is a part of the episode where we as a community come together and we talk, we talk, we discuss, um, and we swap out experiences and advice and things like that. Um, I know some of you guys heard the episode Finn that I recently pulled down um, off of Spotify. For some reason, it's still on Apple. 
but I think it's going to eventually fall off. Um, and I'm going to add that into as a bonus episode as well, because I feel like I get very vulnerable, very personal. And, um, I want to that. I want to include that on my, um, um, bonus channel. So yeah. What do you guys feel about insecurities within your relationship? And that is the question for on a serious note. Again, guys, thank you so much for hanging in there with me, for being patient with me, for listening and subscribing and passing the word on. I really, really sincerely appreciate you guys. Um, thank you so, 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 so much. Mwah. Now it's time to jump into our shout outs. shout out again guys i just want to shout out all of you guys that are listening and supporting in a positive way um major shout out to everybody that dm me or sent me a message or text me um in regards to where i was the other day it meant a lot to me as i said before the message that my niece sent me stuck out more than anything. The conversations that I had with my best friend really, um, you know, helped a lot. Um, but the DMs and the messages from you guys out there is what really, really touched my heart. Like, seriously. Um, and I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys telling me that. This platform is important to you. It's needed. Um, how it has impacted your relationships um, and getting a better understanding of even the things that you go through. So thank you guys so much for reaching out. Um, as I said before, I was in my feelings. I was on a roller coaster um, and I still am. I still am. I am still, you know, in that moment. But I'm taking it day by day. Um, it has the the intensity has lightened up a little bit. But again, I just want to thank you guys so much for um listening and subscribing and just being on this journey with me. The good, the bad, and definitely the ugly. Um, and again, major shout out to my best friend for being there. I went to her house last night and um we did another cocktail of the day uh video. You can check that out on um the on uh, my TikTok and on the Wet Lock Chronicles podcast Instagram. And we had a great time. We talked about a lot of things, you know, um and as I said before, she has been helping me out doing the her story uh segments. So, just a shout out to her because again, she's been the anchor. She's been the person that has definitely helped us along the way. Um sometimes a little bias on his end, sometimes a little bias on my end, but 
it's appreciated. It's definitely appreciated. I I appreciate all my close friends that I've been able to just sit down and communicate with um, and just bearing with me because sometimes I just don't want to talk. Sometimes I just don't have anything to, to actually say. I have to process things on my own first um, before I can kind of sit down and, and, and communicate about them. And then sometimes I just don't want to talk about it. It's exhausting at times. Um, to really talk about things, but I appreciate all of you guys. So shout out to all of you guys. Um, and man, shout out to every woman that is on this same journey as I am. Oh my God. Like who it is not these shoes. These shoes are not easy to be in. So I commend all of you present girlfriends, fiancés, wives. I I rip my hat really really goes off to you, especially the ones that got more time in than me. Oh my god, how have you guys done it? Please share your story. These are the stories I want to hear. I want to hear how are you 10 years in or 5 years in because I know this has been a roller coaster. So shout out to all of you out there that are this just completely holding the situation down and taking a lick and keeping on ticking. But um, that's all I have for the shout out. Seriously, like, thank you, seriously, guys, for, for just everything, for everything. Um, And I appreciate you joining me on this bonus episode. Having a spouse incarcerated isn't easy. You go through a lot emotionally, mentally, and it can become a financial burden as well. Fed Up Wives is my nonprofit organization that's set to help wives and families of federal incarcerated inmates. We provide counseling, emotional support, and financial assistance for inmate phone calls, postal correspondence, visitation expenses, and back-to-school assistance. To contact us, email fedupwives.org at gmail.com or call 404-543-8688. Now back to the show. To follow this show's social media, follow Instagram, Facebook, Patreon, and TikTok under Wetlock Chronicles Podcast. Twitter is Wetlock Chronicles. YouTube, Wetlock Chronicles Podcast. For merch, make sure to visit wetlockchroniclespodcast.com. And for my personal blog, wetlockchroniclespodcast.blog, my personal Instagram and TikTok, Rashida the Brand, and my Instagram subscription channel is the exclusive brand. So it's time for a few updates. Um, as I said before, the new contact email is Rashida at Wetlock Chronicles podcast.blog um new merch is definitely on the way i had oh my god let me tell you guys i was so excited prior to this crazy ass situation um with me and him i had started working on new merch creating new merch ready to drop it um i am working on trying to get a wetlock chronicles podcast app just all these th different things i have been working on and trying to get developed so it was just crushing when everything just went left and i'm just like oh my god like the podcast is doing so good the numbers are up close to ten thousand. i got like 
close to over 200 subscribers. And I know that's probably low to some people, but that is big for me. It is actually 200 and something people that every time I drop an episode, um, they're getting notifications. They like and want to hear and be on this journey so much that every time I drop an episode, they're getting a notification. So again, shout out to my subscribers. Definitely the listeners, but definitely the sub subscribers. Um, So I was so excited for all the new things. I was just ready to start doing and dropping and then everything went left. And I was like, oh my God. Um, but yes, I'm in the, I'm in the process of dropping new merch. I'm trying to work on a new, uh, uh, app for the Wetlock Chronicles podcast where you can actually go to the app and listen to episodes. You can shop, you can do so many different things. It's like the podcast and the website together, merging together. Um, I am actually trying to develop my own channel um like hulu and netflix and things like that so i've really been working on some major 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 things um i already have the youtube channel you know i'm all about making it make sense i'm all about creating a brand and a legacy just as everyone else has it just takes time it takes effort definitely takes money but I want to be able to control my entire bag. I want to be able to own everything that I create and touch. Um, so I want to be able to direct all of my things into one location. Um, I think the opportunities that YouTube give you, that Spotify gives you, that um, Apple gives you, all these things are wonderful and they are amazing. But the financial side of it is you get fractions of what you're worth. I want everything that I am worth um to be directed and 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 routed to me. So I'm trying to really build some things and I want to be able to create opportunities for other people's podcasts or other people's little TV shows and things like that. Um to be a part of my platform. You know, I think Tubi is one of the greatest opportunities that entertainment and media and production companies have um, because they have a platform where they can actually drop their movies. They're giving people a lot of opportunities um, for their craft, for their art. And I, I watch Tubi all the time and I sit there and I say, you know what? Tubi was a very, very, very great idea because the small entertainment and media companies who who can't be HBO, who can't be Universal, who can't be Liongate and all these places who have these million million dollar budgets are still able to drop these movies and put them on a channel, put them on a network um where everybody can see it. And I've watched so many of those actors get their break on those movies and end up breaking into mainstream things. So the opportunities that this actual channel has created, um, I'm, I'm very, um, I admire it. I'm very intrigued by it. So, um, these are the things that motivate me. I listen to other people's story. I listen to Snoop on Drink Champs talking about, you know, the metaverse and talking about how he snatched everything off the streaming site so he could control and make all the money. Um, I listen to, 
Um, who did I just listen to not too long ago? The Irv Gotti's and the just different people who talk about major money moves when it comes to owning your shit, when it comes to intellectual property, when it comes to owning everything that you touch. Um, TK Kirkland, different people like that who actually own everything that they, every come, every, their voice, everything that they've done with their voice, they own. So, I'm in the process of trying to make some major things happen. And this is another reason why it got so disappointing because I'm like, oh my God, I didn't think this through. I didn't, I'm putting so much into this situation and trying to build so much that I couldn't see anything past my relationship because this is what it started as. So it was very disappointing as well because I couldn't, I didn't know how to move forward. But as I said, I'm taking it one day at a time and um, I'm going to make all these things happen. I'm going to make all these things happen, whether me and him on a journey, not on a journey. Um, it doesn't matter. I'm going to continue to make the best out of this and, 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 and fulfill whatever my purpose is, because that's what it's all about. It's all about what my purpose is. I have no control over where God is guiding me to be. So, um, Make sure that you follow my uh, bakery um, Instagram, Caked by Rashida. That's C-A-K-E-D by Rashida. As I said before, I'm Atlanta-based. I do deliver in cities surrounding Atlanta. I do custom cakes. I do traditional cakes. Um, I do a lot of other different treats and desserts. So if you're looking to, you know, do something special for a birthday, anniversary, or just because, check out my page. Um and I promise you, you won't be disappointed. I have heard through the grapevine, it's been a lot of rumors going around that these cakes are amazing. So check me out again at Caked by Rashida on Instagram. Um, and again, if you want to donate and support the podcast, you can cash out Wetlock Chronicles. Um, another way you can donate and support this podcast is becoming a member of Patreon. Um, you can pledge anywhere from 4 to $5 a month. You get exclusive content. You get a little bit of seen things than what you do um on the normal podcast that you 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 uh hear on the apple to spotify or iheart or wherever you listen to your podcast you can go to patreon and you get a visual um of everything i am still going to do the visual episodes coming up um you just have to bear with me like right now i look a hot ass mess i ain't even gonna lie but um i'm working on that too and again, if you're looking to say I do to the love of your life that's incarcerated or just your lo the love of your life, wherever you may be, um, I am an ordained minister. You can go, go to ordained.org, um, select the find a minister tab, put in Georgia. I want to say I'm the first one. You can check out my profile, my years of experience, the type of services that I do provide, my base rate, and my travel mileage. Um, I am so excited that I was able to accomplish that goal for myself. And I'm about the love. You guys know I'm about the love and I'm about helping to create um, beautiful memories. So if you are looking to say, I do check me out on get ordained dot 
org. Um, and I think that's all that I have for you guys. Please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. You can do that on any of the streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple, Amazon. It's just a quick thumbs up. Some of them you can rate with stars. You can leave a review um, about how you like the podcast. If you hate the podcast, hell, I don't know. Um, As I said before, I take constructive criticism as long as it's not messy or disrespectful. Um, Leave a review. Leave a review. Tell me what this podcast has done for you. You can also comment um, under each episode questions that are on there. Sometimes I have different poll questions. You know, we can create a dialogue, create a forum where we can talk about things. As I said before, we are a community and um we need each other. You know, we need each other. This this is not an easy relationship to be in. These are not easy shoes to walk in. And as much as, you know, I try to tell my story, I would love to hear some of the things that you guys have for me as well. So that is all that I have on the updates. Again, I just want to thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening and subscribing to this podcast and for just reaching out to me Um when I was having a very vulnerable and difficult moment uh, within my relationship. And like I said, I'm taking it one day at a time. And that is all that I can do. That's all that I can do. But thank you guys so much again for tuning in, for joining me on this bonus episode. It's been a vibe. Fell in love with your first impression and I can't lie. Cats with flying colors, every test, fuck they implies. I been for the long run, nobody's ever lied. If you wanna run, just tell me now, Bunny and Clyde. Fell in love with your first impression and I can't lie. Cats with flying colors, every test, fuck they implies. Perfect, uh, say that it ain't worth it, but it's working for us But what they be talking about, not knowing what I'm buying about Sunset, set the mood, what you ain't trying to find out It's whatever space between the two, but long as we together Make it through the struggle, see the day when we both shine forever Since when we begin, it feel like you really made it It's been a vibe, fell in love with your first impression And I can't lie, pass with flying colors, every test, fuck they implies Locked in for the long